0: Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Sonoma Sun FM presents... Live from Sonoma, California. Which, of course, in German means a whale's vagina. Tim Livingston. Hey, Strader, big time Timmy Jim, what's up? Pete Livingston. My name? Uh, uh, Pete. And Sam Livingston. Uh, H Rabbit. Taking you into Mondays the only way they know how. With love. I love you, kick puncher! Los Livingston Brothers on Sonoma Sun FM KSVY 91.3 Sonoma. Welcome to the program. 1101 tonight. In the studio. We welcome you to number 63 of Los Livingston Brothers. Show 63. Here on this kind of cold and cloudy night in Sonoma. Very, we got a actually we got a pretty packed show for you this week. A lot of things going on. A lot, lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, we're actually going to have just myself in studio right now. Sam should be joining me in a few minutes. And we're going to have Pete calling in live here in a couple of minutes from San Francisco. Where they just finished up the NorCal Regionals on the path to Evo. Uh, a lot of good things going down there and, and Pete uh, shooting his documentary, which we'll also get to when he uh, when he calls in as some some big news this week on that front. Uh, myself, just uh, a welcome you know, I'm, I'd like to welcome myself back to the show after last week. I fell ill and wasn't able to make it down to the studio and uh, very happy to be back as I always like to on this Sunday night entering our what our 16th month here this is this is pretty ridiculous stuff right here very very interesting indeed and uh, some some good stuff here on sonomasunfm.com sunfmtv.com for the now forwarded link you also have us on 913 fm in the sonoma area reaching out amongst the valley of the moon as the moon sits on our on our uh, actually right above us tonight right now, but uh, but we're uh, when Pete gets in, we'll kind of talk to him about NorCal regionals. He'll be calling in here any minute, um, hopefully with a chance to to talk about some of the things that went down. Uh, he's been following three players uh, on the road to Evo, which will happen second week of July down in Las Vegas at Caesar's Palace. Of course, he's he's following Ryan Ramirez, to many of the best player in Northern California uh, in Ultimate Marvel Capcom Three. He's also following Neo, who's trying to uh, usurp uh, Ryan Ramirez, and then uh, you have Garrison Young, uh, an actual local Sonoma who was here last week. If you guys were able to listen to the show, we hope you're you're uh, you're enjoying that. And then uh, and you know he was in the Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition tournament tonight. Uh, it's 2012. If you got the the latest update of it, so we'll have a chance to talk to Pete about all that stuff. And then man, oh man, we had. You know, you know, final four. We have we had a couple of uh, you know, sweet sixteen, you know, and, and if Pete gets the, the chance, we know he's busy. He's actually trying to, to get a an interview with Ryan Ramirez right now, um after what he did today and we'll kinda keep that in uh, in in check before before we get Pete in. But uh but you know, some some really good things there. The final four is set and that'll be a very interesting final four. Especially one matchup that I actually can't wait for because even though I, uh, <laughs> a team that basically appeared out of nowhere in the Final Four, to me, I know a lot of people nationally might not think it, but uh, Louisville, one of the four teams remaining, basically decided to run the table not only in the Big East Tournament, but now has decided they have to run the table uh, in the Big Dance as well. And that's something that just that really doesn't happen too much. I mean... If you think about the four teams that are remaining in this tournament, you know Louisville is the team that is the hottest. You know Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt in the SEC championship game. Michigan State won out in the Big 12, in the Big uh, Ten tournament, uh, you know, final there, and and Baylor won over Missouri in the Big Twelve final. So the other four teams, while top dogs in their conference, basically they're either, they're either one or two seeds um really if if you look at it Louisville is the team that is the hottest right now and now we have this battle of Kentucky on one side of the bracket and then a very interesting game on the other side that will have to do a lot with if there is anything that Kansas can do to contain Jared Solinger who's the who's the best player remaining in this tournament to a lot of people I know Anthony Davis is is getting a lot of pub and perhaps going to be the, the number 1 pick overall but solinger has has really helped carry ohio state to their current spot so we'll talk a little bit about that as well um you know you know personally this week it was uh it was pretty fun stuff you know one of the things i did last week you know, we had the the launch of the new iPad at the Apple Store, and I, I know a lot of people worldwide definitely got their hands on one. Um, but I got myself an Apple TV, and when I was sick this week, I, I got on that Mad Men kick. I finally buckled down and said, "You know what? If I'm going to be laying in bed for 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 a day or two here, I might as well you know make the most of it." And I caught up on Mad Men, and uh, I'm actually very uh, I'm, I'm very interested as to you know, maybe maybe some people have thoughts. You can post them on our Facebook page. Just look up Los Livingston Brothers. But Mad Men season one that I got into this week, it, it was it was very interesting. Matthew, Matthew Weiner, who who worked with David Chase on The Sopranos, actually submitted this script to him as a way to get on with The Sopranos. And then once The Sopranos basically came to an end, you know, Matthew decided to put Mad Men into into motion and try and get this uh, made into an actual TV show. And he did a good job with it. He did actually a very good job with it. And it was interesting for season one because it it seemed to me, and and someone can can help me out with this, it would be great, someone needs to kind of figure out um, if Weiner had more than one season in the bag there because normally with shows nowadays you're only greenlit for a season, but Mad Men was greenlit from the start as as a 13 episode block. So they were given the full gamut of the the hour long drama that AMC had been doing. You know, Breaking Bad had come out around the same time as well. But the first season of Mad Men, I think compared to what you see in 2 and 3 really came off more as a character study and one of the things that it did for me is it, you know, it took that that time frame, you know, 1960 and they basically just tried to make that the focal point for for the first season. And they basically just kind of sprinkled the characters uh, in around that setting and kind of let the setting do a lot of the talking. But what was interesting to me is that once, you know, and, and this is something that you know a normal arc of a show would do. You know, this is what The Sopranos did. They had a six-episode season, and then season two came along, and it turned into the show that turned into probably the, the best um, modern drama probably in the last 15 20 years of television and Mad Men is is on that same path and you know you know Weiner doing what he did uh, with David Chase on the sopranos you know kind of set the stage for this it turned into uh, uh, a collection of of really awesome settings and kind of taking them through the 60s and you know tonight was the two-hour season premiere. Of season of season five of Mad Men, uh, now what was interesting about it is that a lot of people were wondering why it was being delayed, and it and it got delayed about twenty months after the end of season four. Now I personally just got started with season four this morning, so I'm hoping to rush through that and then get on to Mad Men season five. Um, but what you see in that show, I mean, once they establish the characters, the setting is already there. They're you know kind of Grouping things around historical events, with you know, with season one being the uh, kind of kind of the one big build towards the Nixon Kennedy election and um, Sterling Cooper backing Nixon. Obviously, we all know what happened there. But kind of how it built up after everyone was established and everybody tried to kind of make their own mark. It, it turned into a show that you could tell by the end of season one. It was some absolutely fantastic television and seasons two and three have basically confirmed that, um, you know, season two, um, really kind of put Don Draper into overdrive. I mean, he, he really, you know, steered that ship, you know, and then season three, they, they tried to pepper a couple of other characters with, uh, with Sterling Cooper being bought out uh, by the English company. And it turned it turned into a show where you could kind of see everyone firing on all cylinders. And, you know, Peter Campbell got more involved. And it, it turned into a show that by the end of season three, when season four started up, you, you could tell that they were in cruise control and they could kind of afford to to take these characters in a couple of different directions. So very interested to see where they go with season four. And then, obviously, with season five premiering tonight and just ending about ten minutes ago, uh, what what the blogosphere is going to have to say about it uh, come the end of tonight and into tomorrow morning. So, um, very very good show. Um, it's the best. I th- you know a lot of people put you know Walking Dead. The season finale was last week, and uh, a lot of people big fans of that. But then you also have Breaking Bad, which will be finalized. You know, its final season is coming up. And, you know, there's a couple of other shows that people throw up there as the best drama on TV. But Mad Men seems to have a firm grasp on that right now as, uh, without a doubt, the, uh, you know, probably probably the best show now that it's back. The best show on TV again and kind of just waiting for uh, a show to kind of grab that title away from them. That being said, a week from tonight... The return of Game of Thrones, and AMC and HBO are going to be basically going head to head here. Um, I believe Mad Men is a nine o'clock start this week. I wonder if they're going to they need to kind and decide if it's going to be a nine or a ten next week. But Game of Thrones uh, basically just thrust into the scene their ten season episode, you know their ten episode season, really turning the 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 TV world on end, and now after establishing this this huge story uh, with, with all these different characters and, and kind of going in one direction or the other, and these awesome previews that Game of Thrones uh, has put together, leading into what is going to be a very interesting season two. Um, man, oh man, TV TV is gonna start getting good here. Uh, and on top of that, you know, community return the last two weeks. Uh, very happy to see them back. It's interesting though. It kind of seemed like maybe there's a couple of shows that they wanted to to run right now, um, kind of in the can, and then and then pushing things forward. But there's a two parter that starts next week that a lot of people are gearing up for as well. So uh, pr- pretty uh, pretty good stuff on TV right now. And, and normally, you know, the summer months, and you know, as it used to be, you know, the fall shows would hold into spring and then there'll be con- kind of some like a series or something that would normally hold in summer. Now, though, networks have kind of split up their shows to kind of run, you know, in concurrence with each other, just taking over time slots throughout the year. Uh, you have that AMC has basically mastered that. They have their, their four big shows that they run on that same Sunday night time slot and, and have really kind of turned it into, you know, Real pushing hbo for for the best you know cable station out there showtime of course has been doing that too with you know californication and weeds previously but um this is going to be a fun summer and and also con- considering a lot of the movies that are coming out this year you know 2012 could turn out to be a, a pretty good you know end to end entertainment year on on the tv and movie front so a lot a lot of things to look forward to there um on top of that too this weekend um was was the release of the hunger games and uh, i posted something about it uh, a couple days ago um i might i might have still been sick i'm trying to remember when i did this but man did i it was friday it was when when the movie was released and uh, boy did i incite a little argument there uh you know, I I have to put it out there. There is definitely no coincidence that on Tuesday the Blu-ray edition of Battle Royale was released the same week that Hunger Games came out. There's no coincidence with that at all. Um, and and you know, understanding the different types of societies in, in both books and and different you know and the differing. Ways that the two books that turned into movies went went along with their specific stories, you know. It, it's in in the end, it's you know, it's a game to the death in both. Um, obviously, you know, Battle Royale definitely pushed that, uh, you know, that envelope, and it was to the point where it didn't get an actual U.S. release. Um, for almost eleven, twelve years after it was made in Japan, it became a region-free DVD. This is this is how this is how how you kind of figured you know what people were going to be into it. When it was released as a region-free DVD, I think in 2006 or 2007, this was when I was going down to Amoeba Music on a regular basis in San Francisco, and and you could tell as soon as you got down there that it was it was a pretty high price for a brand new copy of it, but it was it was flying off the shelves down there because otherwise you were you were finding any other way that you could watch it. But it was the first time that it had been released on a region-free DVD, which means that you can actually play it like on a PlayStation 3 or in your own, you know, DVD player. But then they were able to find some US distribution, and you know, it, it's interesting that you know the Hunger Games trilogy—I think it's a trilogy now—that that is that has been released. Um, really, kind of spoke to to a lot of things that you know. Uh, you know, mirror some of the, a lot of these other books. Now, you know, Battle Royale is actually based off a Stephen King book and you know, you could actually trace the lineage back to these types of books where people were kind of fighting to the death. Obviously Lord of the Flies, uh, one of the great you know, greatest, you know, books all of all time, one of the greatest works of fiction. Um, kind of the starter for this, you know, with the boys on the remote island and kind of you know, fighting for that alpha supremacy. Very interesting things and uh you know to 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 just kind of put it out there you know how it's progressed you know you're, you're going to have people who are in this camp or the other um <laughs> uh you know the one of the, there's a bunch obviously the memes that have been going back and forth between you know hunger hunger games fans and battle royale fans um the one that i saw uh, my friend mark cole who i think is listening to this show back east um, put up is the you know the whole it's a Pulp Fiction reference where they say you know what do they call the Hunger Games in France and as they call it, Battle Royale with cheese so um, you know Hunger Games fans went out in, in droves for the midnight release I think it made twenty million dollars on its midnight release which is just incredible for a March release it's not even really into the the summer realm of of the blockbusters that normally come around starting you know Memorial Day weekend obviously kind of the unofficial start of the of the summer blockbuster season but hunger Games stands to make a lot of money and there's going to be follow-ups they've already been planning on the sequel um but you know a lot of people going to be interested to see how that stacks up you know going forward you have a lot of things uh, in that book that you know were appealing one way or the other it's the character study whether it's the setting um you know whether it's just you know the games together you know coming you know coming together I should say so very interesting things obviously with that with with that movie coming out and and we'll we'll keep an eye on it but like I said uh kind of a golden age you know we we talk about <clears throat> with you know the golden age of sports is kind of that march to april you have the the March Madness tournament uh you have the Masters which is is coming up in 2 weeks and uh, we we got to follow up on that, and then you have the start of baseball season. And the uh, the A's are right now in Japan, uh, playing some warm up games before they start on the 28th against the Mariners and their three game set. And then opening day will follow on April 6th. So, you know the, the Japan start, which the which uh, Major League Baseball has been trying to do. Uh, since uh, you know, some of the major Japanese stars have come across the pond, you can bet, I bet you money next year, uh, depending on how he pitches this year, that the Texas Rangers will be involved in that opening series with Hugh Darvish um, coming onto the scene. So, you know, we'll be talking about that Um but the big story in sports today, usurping, you know, Peyton Manning going to the to the Broncos this week on Monday. That was a great thing to wake up to. Sick, by the way. You have the Forty ers basically dangling a Super Bowl opportunity in front of Peyton Manning, and he goes to the Broncos. Um, and we'll talk about that. And I'll actually want some people to call in if you're listening to the show um, and you're Niners fans or, or Broncos fans, and you want to talk about you getting your quarterback and saying bye bye to Tim Tebow. Um, but, man, oh, man, uh, Tiger Woods uh, going back to, to Bay Hill in Orlando and playing in the tournament that he had won six times before and from start to finish looking like the Tiger of old. He wins by four strokes today over Graham McDowell. Um, looked fantastic. You know, He had, he had a couple of really nice shots that – you know, it looked like the Tiger of old. You know, his Achilles that, that hampered him in the previous tournament at the Honda Classic. You could tell that he was happy to be back out there at Bay Hill where he's just been dominant in his career. And he went out there and he just took it right to the field. And this is normally how Tiger sets up for the Masters. He goes out and he's done this before where he wins the Arnold Palmer uh, and then goes right into preparations for Augusta. And this looks no different. And and, in two weeks at Augusta, the story will be Tiger Woods because he won't play next week. He will play the week after. But, man, oh, man, does he have an opportunity to, like he did last year before that unbelievable Sunday finish where you had so many people in contention, Tiger has another opportunity to to make things matter uh, at Augusta. And he might be inching closer if he is healthy and he looked healthy today he looked just fine his swing was as as good as it's been since his return you know he he he's looking pretty good looking at the masters and we'll keep an eye on him uh in two weeks time so um other things in sports this week you know you know there there was a lot of fallout from the monte Ellis trade a couple weeks or last week I should say now where he was sent to the, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in exchange for Steven Jackson and Andrew Bogut, and then Jackson was then flipped to the San Antonio Spurs for Richard Jefferson. But what a lot of people now aren't talking about, and I, I find it strange after what happened on Monday night, and we'll get to that in a second, is that Clay Thompson has stepped in to that number two guard role that Ellis has left, and he has absolutely flourished um you know, the 11th overall pick out of Washington state a guy who a lot of people just saw as a shooter now um even with Steph Curry out has really taken his game uh to the next level. He has turned in to more of a complete player. You're really seeing him not just become this great shooter, but he gets his team involved once the ball's in his hands. He does a great job of letting the game flow to him and then making the right decision. He's still got a little you know a few kinks to work out of his system still, but you know, this was the first draft where Jerry West had a chance to, to kind of get in the ear of the player development side for the Warriors. And it looks like he's got a good pick here because Clay Thompson, uh, outside of Kyrie Irving, um, who's who's definitely turned himself into one of the premier names in basketball already, uh, Clay Thompson is looking like a, a top candidate for Rookie of the Year if he continues this. And between him and and Isaiah Thomas, surprising people at the number 60th pick, the last pick in the draft. Um, turning into a much better selection right now than Jimmer for And you got to think that if you're the Kings, if you build around, you know, uh, a core, if you can keep them together of Isaiah Thomas and, and then Tyreek Evans, if you can get Tyreek to share the ball a little more, which, you know, a lot of people have been asking for. DeMarcus Cousins down in the low block. I mean, that's the start of something good. Yeah, Marcus Thompson as well. It's not a team that is going to compete for the playoffs in what's now a loaded West Western Conference, but if you're a basketball fan in Northern California, now that the Kings are going to be sticking around, what a surprise they were able to find the money to uh, to get the the team to stay in Sacramento. But if you're if you're a Northern California basketball fan, I think you have to have a little bit of uh, you know. I wouldn't say you have to feel confident about your team, but I would say you're a little more optimistic about what the future holds because, you know, if Andrew Bogut comes back next year and he becomes kind of that low-post presence, you know, David Lee, who's always been great at the high post, you have Klay Thompson. If Steph Curry can figure out a way to keep his ankle from from uh, from going out on him and they can figure out a way to to strengthen him up for next season – I'll tell you what this is uh this is a team that has something to build you know with and then kind of fit in the pieces around them so good things going on right now in northern California for basketball and uh and it's definitely some good things down the pike if if everything holds true so um eleven twenty five we're we're still waiting for Pete to call in we talked about how he's trying to get a hold of uh uh, of Ryan Ramirez to do his interview with him post NorCal Regionals. Um, you know, let's take a, you know, while we're here, you know, we might as well go over the results uh from from NorCal Regionals. Uh, it was a great event. It was actually at My Alma Mater. It was down in uh at San Francisco State in uh, Jack Adams Hall right there at Cesar Chavez, the 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 main hub uh, of San Francisco and in uh, San Francisco State I should say and I was actually hoping they would hold this down down in the uh, the bunker, the food bunker where you have uh, the arcade that was actually a, a pretty big draw for a lot of the kids on campus and off campus kids would come in and, and play a lot of those games because there' a lot of fighting games involved. Um, but the road to Evo 2012 uh, took its stop in San Francisco. And uh, provided us with some pretty big results, so we'll kind of go over the results now. And if Pete gets a chance to call in, we'll uh, we'll be able to talk to him a little bit about what he saw uh, with with a lot of with a lot of the great things going down there uh, tonight. So uh, we'll, we're gonna go first with the um. Well, we'll actually start at the bottom of the page and work our way up. And uh, and go from there as uh, as North Cal Regional's 2012 uh, Soul Caliber five top eight. Let's see here, not a lot of big names. Like I said, you know Soul Caliber kind of a, a niche group, but we'll be at Evo this year. Um, no Face Killer won that as the uh, the top eight winner in Soul Caliber. King of Fighters, which we obviously have a, a big uh, a big you know part. Part of our, our show of simply because you know we've been a fan of the SNK fighters for so long. Gibby Zia, uh, SNK Capcom We've had him on a, on a lot. <clears throat> and uh, Combo Fiend, who we we know from from the Marvel game, actually came over and played in the in the King of Fighters thirteen top eight bracket and and placed in top eight. He was he was seventh overall. He was tied for seventh. Um, but uh, Chris, KOF, one of, the, one, of the, one of the best players out there, uh, took it with, with Shen, Duolong Long, and uh, Ori, No bloody Ori there. Uh, taking that with uh, the grand finals win, and he actually had to come from loser's bracket to do it, um, beating Yoshi, his teammate actually, uh, 3-2, as that forces the reset into a true grand final, and winning it 3-0, in, in that final. So we'll now get to the Street Fighter Cross Tekken and the game that a lot of people were wondering how it was going to play in a major tournament setting. Uh, since it's released the, the first week of March, this is the first major tournament um, where it made its mark. Now, there have been <clears throat> invitational tournaments with it and, and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, you know, this this game that has absolutely gotten rave reviews is turning into kind of the surprise fighting game of 2012. A lot of people wondering how this was going to go, and it, it's turned out to be a good one. we'll, we'll kind of start, you know, they, they go top 32 here, so they, they extend the bracket out here uh, after pool play and start the top 32 today. Uh, amongst the top 32, um, Latif. Getting himself into to top twenty five, of course his run in Evo two thousand eleven with Crimson Viper, uh, uh, you know you know one of the, the more remarkable runs of two thousand eleven, um, and then in the top twenty four, no real names of note except for Mike Ross who got in there uh, tied for seventeenth, uh, in the sixteens, uh, Alex Valle went in with Kazuya and Ryu. And Ricky Ortiz actually finished tied for ninth with chun Lee and Rufus. I uh, hold that thought as we get into the other games. And then the top eight, you had Combo Fiend hitting fourth with Julia and King. And then Infiltration uh, winning it out with Ryu and Rolento. So some of the bigger names there. Um, you know, as, as far as the characters go, you had a lot of, of different teams out there. Uh, you know, Ryu and Rolento, Zhao uh, Yu and Huarang, so a Tekken-only team there, Jin and Rufus, you had, you know, Julia and King, you had Gaal and Rufus, uh, Huarang and Yuri, Kami, Rufus, Sagat, Zangief, uh, Rolento, Kazuya. so, you know, you could tell this is a game that's still kind of, the, you know, trying to find its tiers, and then once it does that, uh, you can you can really turn that into, uh, into something good, so, uh, and and we're going to we're going to we're going to see that going on in just a second here so i got to wait for the page to load so i'll be stepping aside from the the page for just a second here Uh, we're back now. As uh we've hit the eleven thirty mark and Sam will actually be sitting down and joining me. Hey, hey, hey. Fresh with fresh <laughs> fresh with seven eleven chili hot dog. Chili cheese hot dog yeah. in hand, by the way. Sam you gotta grab a chair here, so
1: dumb one if I do. <laughs>
0: so oh, Um oops. We we get into now the uh, the two main attractions. So Ultimate Marvel Capcom Three, um, which we you know we here at Los Livingston Brothers have vested interest in uh, because of Pete's uh, documentary that he's shooting, and the two players he's following here are are Neo Abraham Sotelo, who I think we're going to try and have on either next week or the week after because well. You know WrestleMania is next Sunday, and he came on last year and talked to us about it, and it was a pretty fun segment. Uh, And then Ryan Ramirez, one of the top players, and not just you know Northern California, but in the United States and in the world for Ultimate Marvel Capcom, the man they call Filipino Champ. If you look along the uh, the top thirty-two, Yoshi, who we talked about in the um, in the Street Fighter Tekken bracket, was amongst the top thirty-two. As was Chungsta and uh, Fnatic, so those guys who, uh, you know, longtime players, get into the top thirty-two here, and then uh, Clockwork, who him and Neo had that very famous battle to ten in Marvel Capcom two uh, last year, uh, he places in top twenty-four, so he's tied for seventeenth. Then we get to the sixteen. And Flo ends up tied for ninth, and he used uh, a couple of of Wesker Strider teams. One with Spencer, one with Nemesis. Uh, Nemesis, I think that is the only time you see him in the top 16. So he was the one guy who brought out Nemesis for trying a a power advantage there. Combo Fiend ended up in the same spot with his Nova Spencer Hawkeye team. And then we get to the top 8. Uh, Neo ends up in fifth place with Wesker, Magneto, and Phoenix. Uh, PR Balrog, Puerto Rican Balrog, actually threw out three different teams. uh, Using Spencer, and then you have Wolverine and Wesker, Dante and Wesker, and then Wolverine and Felicia, which is very interesting. Felicia, that's the only time that Felicia shows up uh, in the top eight. Uh, Of course, Combo Fiend also... You know, one, probably the best Spencer player in the world. Uh, but then you see him with Knives, who ended up being in the finals, going up against, we talked about him, Filipino, Filipino champ. champ, Ryan Ramirez, going with uh, two-thirds of the uh, the old-school trio with Magneto, Dr. Doom, and Phoenix. And uh, earlier reports from Pete, and he'll, he'll try and get on here any minute, Uh really were that his Phoenix was absolutely unstoppable. And as soon as he got it going, uh, you you really couldn't – you just couldn't stop him. Uh, he didn't blow through the the finals. Um, you know, obviously it was best of three leading up to the grand final. Um, but in in the winner's side, uh, it ended up being – let's see here. That's the loser's bracket tag. We got to figure out where uh, – we're Filipino champ and it in. So he got the bite of the 16 and he took care of Neo. So that was, you know, two, the two people that Peter's, you know, documentary focusing on took care of him in the winner's bracket in the 16. And then in the eight, Neo took care of Infrit and got to the um, the loser's bracket in the eight. Is Filipi- it Infrit or Infrit or. I'm I'm not sure. I'm thinking of E free yeah. when I first read it. Um Filipino Champion took on o- OMG it's Andre, two O and he got right to the to the the, the semi there and actually went on to uh take on uh you know basically the winner of the losers bracket and Neo was very close to getting there. Uh he did beat in for it, but then ended up uh Losing in the let's see here. Uh losing to Patrick two nothing to to knock him out of the tournament. PR Balrog, which would have been a fantastic final, loses to knives in the in the losers finals, and then Filipino champ doesn't even allow a reset and takes care of knives three to one. Um beating his Spencer Sentinel Akuma mix. So Ryan Ramirez, who Pete like I said, trying to get a uh a uh, an interview with him right now. Wins NorCal Regionals 2012 gets some Evo points and looking very, very strong as the, the road to Evo continues. Um we then get to the uh thirty two of uh Super Street Fighter four uh arcade edition two thousand twelve and uh and a lot of the, the usual subchecks there you had uh, Marn online Tony getting into the top thirty-two. And obviously Tony, uh, you know, helping put this together and has put together the Evo since the beginning. Um, you also had Mike Ross always with the Honda, but also throwing Blanca into the mix, and uh, Mike Chow in the in the top uh, sixteen. Um, Combo Fiend and Alex Valle tie for fifth. Uh, Vayu with Ryu, Combo Fiend with Oni, and then Abel. Latif with Crimson Viper actually comes in fourth, which is very interesting considering what his his rise to, to power was like uh, during Evo of last year. PR Balrog ties uh with Latif and actually took third, uh losing him the losers final to Infiltration, who 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 won uh Street Fighter Tekken and with Street Fighter Tekken and, and Super Street Fighter Four AE being so close together, it's not that big of a, a stretch to say that he could do well in both. But Ricky Ortiz, uh, a guy that was this kind of being targeted in, the, in this uh, in this event, ends up coming up on stop, on top with his Rufus. So you have Rufus with with Ricky Ortiz taking down Akuma and Guken uh, with infiltration. So you have. Ricky Ortiz, who along with P.R. Balrog and Lateef, uh were considered the guys who could take this tournament in Nor-Cals, uh, winning out, and then the guy who a lot of people thought was going to be unstoppable in Marvel ending up winning. So, um, you know, no big upsets here, no real big shockers here, but Ricky Ortiz looking pretty good going into uh, to Street Fighter 4. Bringing out Rufus, him and Flo, who ended up with 7th with Air, are the only two Rufus players in the top 16, actually. So Rufus, who really kind of stepped back for the Twins, Fei Long, and then uh, then Crimson Viper, uh, not there. And in fact, if you look at the top 16, you only have one Twin, and it's Yang. It's not even a Yun. So... The twins, who a lot of people were talking about, was going to get nerfed in in AE. It comes to fruition, so those are your results. Um, no, no big surprises with Ricky Ortiz and and, um, and and Filipino champ winning out in their two respective brackets, but uh, you know some some good stuff nonetheless. And I know Sam uh, was following the the uh, the online stream of the event this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what what did you see? What did you like from everything you saw? well combo fiends just a little
1: show offy bastard that i envy (laughs) at the same time but i have to say that i was like i don't know uh what do you think about filipino champ because i i heard pete was mentioning underdogs and stuff is he an underdog in any way
0: no he you know he uh he he's the guy who a lot of people are gunning for in northern california you know, oh. he's, he's kind of the guy, you know, Garrison Young, who, who is the local guy that we were talking about. Um, he, he's one of those guys that was, that was trying to, to, to get in and, and make his mark on this tournament. He ended up, uh, having a pretty good tournament, but then fell out. I believe he was just outside of the 32. I'll have to ask Pete, um, to, uh. to see how that worked out. But, um, he, he's definitely going to be preparing for Evo. And, you know, you have these guys like, uh, you know, like, I mean, the top eight, holy crime, I mean, that's that's a who's who, really. You know, Ricky Ortiz, Infiltration, PR Balrog, Latif, Combo Fiend, Alex Valle, Aaron Flow. I mean, you know, those th- that could be the top eight at Evo. You know, may, maybe save one of those guys for, uh, uh, you know, for Daigo Umehara. So it's going to be a fun time in vegas if if you know they're you're having this great turnout in norcal regionals and you know you still have a couple of big tournaments leading up to to july so the, the things could change obviously and, and you know characters coming out that people are going to use they could change as well but uh but still some good stuff from norcal regionals and hopefully we'll get pete on here before too long and uh, and to talk about it oh so, i know i'd love to hear from him. yeah so uh, when I talked to him before he came on tonight he said he was very happy with, with a lot of the stuff he did so so good on that stuff. Um you know one of the one of the things that uh you know you know Sam you know I was talking about like things we accomplished this week, you know, two things for me stick out. One Okay uh I beat Final Fantasy Seven after nice. seventy hours of gameplay. Um, Very nice. I was. I think I was just shy of getting everybody to level ninety nine, but in all reality, I was just like I was kind of over it. I just wanted to. I beat Ruby Weapon, and I just wanted to get Sephiroth out of the way and watch the ending. Um, Yeah. Still, I mean, an all time great gaming experience. The story itself, uh, you know, once you kind of piece together now, it, it makes a lot more sense, and you know, it was still fun to play. Uh, but I think I played it more, uh, you know, back when I was younger because it was Final Fantasy. And now I'm playing it. It's kind of a retrospective on me liking video games, and it's just still a phenomenal game. Yes, you know, um, definitely. But another thing is, I got my tax return and I paid off my credit card. Sweet, done. I no longer have credit card debt. I mean, I still have my my car and my. And my student loans to pay off, but no more credit card debt. Wow, really? Awesome, right? How long did that take? Um, let's we'll see. I had that credit card when I was a junior in high school I paid it off a bunch before I went to college, and then I maxed it out on college and I the you want you want to know how you max out a credit card? It's not shopping, it's using it as your gas card. And I was driving back and forth a lot between San Francisco and Sonoma as I was, you know, doing my my basketball and football and baseball coverage up here. My last two years of school and yeah, let's just say I maxed that out a little bit when it when it came to uh, to my my credit card. So now uh, I'm able to, uh, <laughs> as Sam right now looking at looking into his finances, as I seem to have to have uh, started something.
1: Well, but, I was told to check it out tonight.
0: So. Okay, all right, so. In fact, I should I sit in there. Sam Please, Sam, Sam there. and There we go. Sam and Tim looking at finances. Uh you know. This this is this is thrilling stuff on the old radio right now, right? Oh Absolutely yeah. thrilling. Um the stuff of legends. This is stuff of legend yes. Um Sam had a spring break this week. Uh-huh. Um what what were some highlights of spring break uh for you this week? What were some highlights? Uh well, I think it was just
1: Pete getting his documentary funded. Yeah. That was like the biggest um, part of well, it. Well we're
0: trying we're trying to get Pete on here. Um, but for those of you who listened to the show and were able to pitch in, uh we you know, Pete well we'll speak for Pete, but he'll come on and say it later on. Uh absolutely floored by the, the amount of people, the encouragement Pete uh, was able to to scrang, you know, scrounge up the last couple thousand dollars he needed for his Kickstarter, and now it's funded, and now everything is going to go as planned uh, going forward. So, just awesome stuff. So happy for him, and because of this, he's actually going to be able to, to to finance the movie the way he wants to and get down to Vegas. So. Um, really awesome and stuff. And gamble all money away. That's right. And gamble all Sorry. So the $11,000 he uses is actually going to be used to double up on black when we go to Vegas. So nice. your money's in good hands, folks. Very uh, nice. But, uh, but, uh, but it was great stuff. And, you know, a couple people were able to get the word out. We actually uh, saw it in the Snowman Index Tribune this week. We also saw it uh, on a couple of, on a one gaming website in particular. Very, very fun uh, uh you know, very very fun stuff to, to to kind of see all this come to fruition, and uh, just overall one of one of the the cooler things that's happened. And Pete very happy with it. And you know he's gonna he's gonna have a busy couple of weeks coming up, as he is going to uh, to you know enjoy uh, uh, you know the the making of this documentary. And then on top of that, you know he's also going to be able to take uh, take part in the international film festival, which will be coming up here in a couple of weeks. And we can only hope that uh, that Quattro, the the, ga- the great Taylor Seagrest, will be in studio, or we'll hope yes. if he has another movie that he uh, so financed. But uh, Darwin turned out to be a pretty great little film, and um, won a lot of awards on its on its go arounds. And I think it's still looking for distri- distribution. We haven't heard too much lately, but some good stuff there. So um, Pete will have more about that, I'm sure. In the weeks to come. Um. Oh, we have a caller coming in. Oh, I I think I think this is him. Uh, Should I get my introduction ready for you, caller? Yes, sir. Yes. So, joining us live um, from uh, from the peninsula, he is the uh, co-founder of One Inch Punch Productions. He is the creator of an untitled documentary on Street Fighter and the fighting game community. Uh, and he is our um, brother by blood, not just of kin, uh, but by blood. And he is someone who, if you have a nose by now, has to wear baggy pants because he has a hell of a bulge. It is our brother, Pete Livingston.
1: Welcome to the air, uh, crotch-filled
0: wonder. Yes. Thank, thank you for joining us, Pete. Great
1: to
2: be here, JD. And are heading heading back from San Francisco uh, from the strip clubs.
0: So we were at the strip clubs so, um, for a few days. So Pete, you know, you you had yourself um, uh, a heck of a um, a uh, you know a heck of a of a uh, a week. Obviously, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roller coaster emotions. Um that's what happens when you go to a strip club. You no. Know, um how 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 many ugly ones were there?
2: There this past week there were a lot of ugly ones, I'll tell you that. Um There were a lot of ugly ones. But yes, lots of up ups and downs. It was like listening to an R. Kelly song.
0: Thank you. Uh R. Kelly. Robert, of course uh one one of one of the great songwriters of our of our generation and um, So uh, Pete, we, we just went over the results to uh um to uh to to, to, to regionals. Yeah. Um, not really a lot of surprises, so to speak. Um you know a lot of people thought that this was Philip Pino Champs uh tournament to lose in Marvel he did have a couple of, of people who were who are going to be gun informed. PR Balrog, Neo, who ended up getting a uh, fifth place, tied for five finish, and Combo Fiend were there as well. Um, we'll start with we'll start with Marvel here, as we have a few minutes. Go ahead and talk about what you saw from Marvel and, and what you kind of uh, uh, you know expected, and and maybe if there was a surprise or two.
2: Marvel was I don't know it was the Marvel tournament was actually pretty darn good it's been interesting ever since final round when uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy from Japan showed up and just had this really unorthodox theme of uh, beautiful Joe and like rocket raccoon and Frank West and won the whole thing. And, uh, so ever since then, all the Marvel tournaments have been really good. And this one was no different. And Ryan and Neo, they all had really good matches. Uh, you know, especially, there was a lot of hype, and there was a lot of excitement. And so it was a lot of fun to film. You know, there was a lot of trash talk, you know, side betting was going on. It felt like Marvel two days, basically. And there were a lot of, you know, there were some fresh face people, and, you know, there were some real OGs that were up there, and they were getting after it. So it was pretty cool to see. It was fun. But Marvel, I don't know if it was really... I don't think it was a surprise who made it, you know, top sixteen, top eight, but you know, could have gone either way with pretty much any of the matches. So it was, it was, it was fun, fun to
0: watch. When you uh, when you went down there, you were you were expecting to speak with both Neo and uh, and a Filipino champ who ended up winning. And the two of them actually faced off against each other in top sixteens, and Neo fell two one to him. Uh, what, what was was that? Probably, you know, a lot of people were expecting, uh, uh, you know, a lot, you know, some hype, you know, stuff in the sixteens and the eights. Was was that amongst the top tier battles uh, in, in in the top sixteen for Marvel?
2: It was up there, definitely. I mean, a lot of people that were around the match were saying it was a coin flip. You know, like a lot of guys that were like doing sets and setting odds. People were trying to go, oh, three to one or four to one. But most of the people were just saying, no way, man. I'm a, You can't, like, I'm not going to bet this one. It's a coin flip. Like, they were just saying it's a coin flip. Like, it could go either way because yeah. they both play Phoenix and they're both, like, really, really good. And uh, it did. It came down to, you know, one, 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 and then uh, Champ took it, you know. And so. It all—it it came down to who had the better Phoenix that day, and Ryan. Ryan did all weekend.
0: Yeah, and you were talking about it when when I called you before the show, that his Phoenix was without a doubt the best at the tournament, and just when it came out, there was nothing anyone could do about it.
2: Yeah, he was—he was opening people up pretty good. You know, I mean, people were trying to run away from him, you know, and he would figure out a way to you know get them to hit to, to hit him and to. You know, Dark Phoenix, or he would just punish him. You know, he would he would catch him when they're trying to run away, and say, "Okay, well, you're not going to turn me into Dark Phoenix. Then I'll just, you know, slowly whittle you down until you know you're forced to fight me. Because if you run away and you can run away from Phoenix, you know, great, more power to you. But if you get caught and you start losing a few characters, then you're in a lot of trouble because then. Uh, you actually have when it comes down to one on one.
0: You have and to you're play facing,
2: them. You have to face them because you can't keep running. Yeah. Um, and then you put yourself in an even greater disadvantage because not only do you have to get past Phoenix, but then you know Dark Phoenix, most likely with X Factor. And so it just it's, it's uh, turned into a lose lose situation, and you try and face all those different uh, scenarios. Yeah. And made people, you know, he punished them for it, like big time, all across the board, so it
0: just played really well. Approximately how many times did you hear people scream out Bionic Arm when Combo Fiend played with Spencer?
2: There were a lot of Bionic Arm. Yeah. There were a lot of people yelling Gene <laughs> when Dark Phoenix would come out. Yeah. They would all scream, Gene! Thank you. So that was pretty funny.
0: Professor uh, Xavier.
2: What else was there? I don't know. They were a, it's horrible, man. People just yell really weird stuff all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you thought the chat room on the live streams were weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah, chat rooms are always crazy.
0: Um so Pete, let's move on to, to Super. Uh you know, you had uh you, you had the chance to, to follow Garrison, he was on last week and you guys. Terrific. Yeah, you know Harrison, and you were talking about uh, uh, you were talking about you know the setup for NorCal's and and how he, he looked at it, um, and it was it was a it was a tournament where when you look at the top eight for 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 super, there's a very good chance that you know most if not all of those players are, are going to have a chance at getting top eight because that was as loaded. Uh, a top eight is you're going to see without true international competition, and, and it, it was some of the best players in the game that ended up playing in that final.
2: It was good. It was with Harrison. Uh, Ryan just didn't do very well because he. I don't know. I mean, Steph is a bad matchup for Dalton and he happened to face the best Seth in the United States. And online Tony, and he got blown up pretty bad. He lost to him twice. Um, so he got a limit. He didn't even make it out of the pool. He had a really tough pool. And then Harrison was kind of rolling, you know, undefeated to the to top 32 winners, and then just kind of hit a speed bump on that, you know, uh, when it got to the to top 32, and then uh, lost two in a row. And he was really disappointed about that. He was still in the funk over it uh, today, actually. Yeah, he's really upset. Uh, so, I mean, it felt bad for him. But, you know, it's good that he's, he's that upset about it because he knows that he's going to really gear up for whatever tournament he goes to next. So, that's good. But, yeah, really good uh, infiltration. And Ricky Ortiz were right at the end. It's infiltration is from Korea. Really good Akuma player. And... Uh, also, Air from Canada, who's a really good ryu player,
0: mm-hmm.
2: showed up, and you know, Al Faye looked really strong actually. Um,
0: yeah, that's that, That's a great showing for him. You know, it, yeah. it really is. Um, and Latif Latif in fourth. Now that's now you know obviously, he
2: was having trouble. Not was he? Like, he was
0: having trouble. Yeah.
2: All it was like for the like he, he was having he was just awesome. Yeah, And I and, think he was. With uh, Evo, he was making all the right moves, and not saying he's not a good player because he's a really like he's an amazing player. But I think you know the ball didn't always fall his way. He got he caught a lot of really great breaks throughout the tournament, but um, he, he got caught a few times. And uh, you know when he faced P- I think he eliminated uh, P.R. Balrog.
0: Yeah, Balrog took him down, and then Infiltration took Balrog down in the losers' finals.
2: Yeah, P.R. Balrog just beat, uh, uh, but he just he just played really solid, yeah, really great defense, and none of the the burnt kicks. Well, he wasn't getting crossed up or anything, and wow, wasn't wasn't getting caught doing anything stupid. Just played really safe.
0: And uh, and uh, beat him pretty good. Is uh, it, you know, with the 2012 patch, is this Rufus's return to top tier? You think because Ricky yeah, Ur- Ricky know. Ortiz pretty... pr- was was pretty damn good with him, you know, when four was out, and now that you've kind of gone through Fei Long and Yang and Yun, uh, and they've kind of fallen off. You didn't have a Yun uh, at all in the top sixteen. You had one Yang with Illiterate. I mean, Rufus is in the top eight twice, and and you didn't see him at all uh, before the 2012 patch came out with AE.
2: It's just they. I think Ricky and Justin Long always stuck with their main characters, which are Rufus. Always played them. and um, I don't. I think he's he's strong. I don't think he's like. God here or anything like that, but I think he is, uh, he is a very viable option, I think. And I think you're going to see Justin Long and Ricky Ortiz are going to keep playing him and they're probably going to be pretty darn successful, I think, this tournament.
0: Pete, I don't know if you can hear this. I can hear. But you know what? Um, we wanted to say congrats to you. $11,001 as your Kickstarter completed this past week. You got all the money you needed for the documentary that you are currently shooting. And uh, very, very much so a great success that you are able to get that taken care of. So congrats on that.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a big time weight off our shoulders doing this documentary since we were able to do the Kickstarter thing. Because now we can go ahead and book, you know, the rest of our tournament, you know, for our filming, and it just makes everything so much more simple. You know, we can do our hotels and our plane tickets and everything, and we don't have to worry about, you know, anything else. So it's, it's like, huge getting that. I mean, there's not a lot of money in the filmmaking world, like I always said. You know, 11, 11 grand. Well, it's more like ten grand because you know Amazon and Kickstarter get a, a, a percentage. But it, uh, I mean, still, man, that's going to help us out tremendously with uh, doing our film.
0: Well, Pete, thanks for coming on. We know you were a busy man this weekend. Uh, you know, talking to Ryan and 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 Harrison and and, and Abraham, and we got to get Neo on, dude. WrestleMania next week. and He's going yeah, he to wants come. To. He, wants, he
2: actually brought it up. He wants to come on and talk WrestleMania. Well,
0: we're going to get him on next week because we got that. We have Game of Thrones. We have a lot of good stuff. Final Four, baby. Dickie it's B. Dickie B. Did have an appearance tonight. He made an appearance. He just made his appearance. So, well. Uh, i was helping before that hey i was by myself though for a while i couldn't throw out my voice that early uh that, okay. but that being said pete thanks for coming on um and we're gonna have you we'll obviously have everybody in studio and it will be our april fool spectacular next week that's oh, gonna be fantastic be phenomenal. absolutely phenomenal all right pete we'll drive safe we'll, we'll we can't wait to hear more from you uh, you know, with Cows and, and hear some of the feedback from Ryan and Neo, and we'll have Neo on next week because if we're going to talk WrestleMania, we might as well talk it with him. Alrighty, man. All right, man. Take care. All right, later. All right, bye, bye. The great Peter Livingston, live from San Francisco. That's going to do it for us this week. We've gone actually a little overtime. Uh, Sam, do you have any words of wisdom for us before we leave?
1: Yes, a value one dollar eleven cent. 7-Eleven hot dog always tastes better
0: knowing that your brother made 11 G's for film. Very nice. Symmetry in this world, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back when the calendar turns to April. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this week. We will see you next week. And keep track of us on Facebook at Los Livingston Brothers. Until then, goodbye.